What's up, everybody? Welcome to What We Do Season 2. We're happy to be back. Hope you guys didn't miss us too much. Uh, just a little information about what we do. We're going to be coming at you every week um, from now on. So not like Season 1, every week we're going to be doing something. Um, just keep an eye on our Instagram to see like when we're doing lives and stuff. Most of the days will be Wednesday. Next week I know is Tuesday. Um, but you can catch the show live at 7 o'clock. And then we... We'll premiere the shows about a week later after we've edited and done some some fun clips for you guys. But to, on today's show, I got Profit from uh, Zooted Vintage, the yes, only vintage store in King of Prussia. Yes. Um, very excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Um, I think we should start with that. Like, what what makes that that statement so so great? Um, the so only mall, the only vintage store in King of Prussia. So, um, and we can probably Google fax this. Uh, we are at Zooted, the first vintage store to be in a mall. Period. Period. Damn. Um, and now what people might say, like, okay, well, like, how does that happen? So when I first started off, I first started my first store in Belleville, New Jersey. I'm originally from Newark, New Jersey. Okay. But I started my first store in Belleville, New Jersey. This was 2017. Um, it was always a dream of mine to be in the mall. And, like, uh, literally one of my captains and a friend of mine found it. I said, one day I'm going to be in the biggest mall. And here I am. But, um. Uh, to, to go back on that um so started in belleville new jersey um and i was like okay one day i'm gonna get into a mall so when i was in belleville i was doing this like a skate shop but i was still selling like certain vintage pieces um from there i transitioned and i went to um livingston mall and i gave them the idea like hey i want to do like a vintage store mm -hmm. and they were like you want to sell used clothes <laughs> <laughs> like, like you wanna you wanna put a thrift store in the mall? No, right? Not, no, like we're not doing that. That's not happening. Um, we're not into that. Uh, this is Simon. Um, no, that's not happening. Yeah. So I was shot down because in their head, you're opening a thrift store. You're opening a thrift store. Yeah. yeah um, you're gonna have it, piles of old clothes that yep, stink up the mall. Exactly. That bring down the property value. Exactly. X, y, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna get what I want eventually. How do I finesse it? Mm -hmm. So. I went with the lead as like a um, as like a skate shop, and if you scroll all the way down to like some of my pictures, you'll see us like throwing vintage in there, like mm -hmm. vintage bull stuff, vintage Bronco stuff. Um, not as crazy as it is now, but we just were doing it. Um, so it started to pick traction a little bit. Like, okay, people are liking this vintage stuff. So from there, I wanted to believe in. I went to East Brunswick Mall. When I went to East Brunswick Mall, that was like 2019. 2018, 2019. It's been such a long time, but um, when I went there, I started incorporating the vintage stuff. Mm -hmm. And because um, East Brunswick Mall is not a bigger name mall, so they're okay. like, ah, you do what you want. So that's when we started doing it. We had an article come out um, on us that was written in the I think it's like the Brunswick uh, Times, whatever it's called. Right. Um, but it was written on us, and it was like a fresh face of vintage. Uh, you know, we had like wrestling teams like Kane, Undertaker. Um, we had like Harley Davidson stuff and it was something new. And what I started to notice was, okay, like people like this. Yeah. Like this is a proven concept. So from there, the way we got into KOP was I was able to go and say, Hey, listen, I want to put a vintage store in here. And the answer was no, this is King of Pressure Mall. You're talking about the largest retail, pure retail mall in America. Mm-hmm of just not even like attractions, just all stores. King of Pressure yeah. is the largest retail. So they're like, no, um, that's a thrift store. And I'm like, listen, it's worked. Yeah. It's worked at Livingston Mall. It's worked at East Brunswick Mall. So imagine what it can do here. Yeah, the scale. Imagine, I'm like, this is like, I'm like, look how the foot traffic, like this is something new. It's trending, it's happening. Um, a good friend of mine, I was able to show them what Slobby Robbie was doing mm -hmm. on um, Netflix. Yeah. So I was like, yo, just watch this. So he's like, okay, I kind of get it, but I don't see how this helps King of Pressure Mall because they don't want BS in their mall because, you know, somebody buys it, now Simon looks bad. You know, it's a corporation. So I'm like, look, give me a shot. Give me a chance. Um, the way the mall thing works is you don't just get a permanent deal. You got to earn that. Mm. So uh, when I got in there, they gave me, like, a BS deal, like a rookie deal. Like, <laughs> all right, bro, you're going to be here. You'll probably be gone after the holidays. Ten-day contract. You'll be gone after the holidays. <laughs> You'll, like... It was literally you'll be going after the holidays. Damn. So you know I have a strong faith in God. So I was like, you know what, I'm about to I'm about to show them up. Like yeah. I'm gonna like really like kill this. So opening day we had a line. Uh, 
people thought like, yo, he paid actors to stand on line. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm so serious. I'm not even joking. We had a line. Um, our Instagram files was going up. We had um, people from the Eagles were coming there uh, shopping us. We were getting people from the 76ers to come shop with us. People were talking about it. People were calling. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you guys open? The mall secretary was calling us. Hey, are you guys open? Like, uh, people keep calling. I'm like, yeah, we're open. They're like, oh, okay, well, cool. So about four months into that, rookie deal they gave us i'm like listen i want a permanent deal or i'm leaving mm. and the dude's like not nah, i have strong faith um but i'm like bro like this is either gonna go really good or really <laughs> bad like there's no in between right here but yeah. it's like that that you know that faith like yeah. okay this is the breaking point this is my steve jobs and my elon you Musk. believed in it though you believed in yeah. your concept and and yeah so i'm like they're gonna rock with this so he's like why would I give that to you? Like, look me dead in my face. Like, why would I give that to you? I'm like, bro, like, look what we're bringing to the mall, bro. Like, we're bringing a whole different atmosphere. We're getting people from that's five years old to 65 years old. Yeah. And they're shopping with us, and they're not complaining. They're mm-hmm. not doing it in returns. They're not – they're coming back. We're getting return customers. We're getting celebrity customers. Yeah. Um, if anything, we're making your mall more hip. Yeah. And they're like – Oh, this guy's what the fuck he's talking about. Well, we talked about with, with Vintage a little bit before this podcast. Mm-hmm. That's what's so special about Vintage is there's so many different people and so many different groups and interests around it. It's like they had an entire mall within just your one store of, exactly. of draws. Because that's mm-hmm. what a mall is about. It's You're only coming to, the, you're coming to the mall for one store and then you go to all the other ones. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, to tie back into that, they were like, okay, we're going to think about it. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, keep thinking. Like, fuck you. Like, you know, like whatever. Like, keep thinking. Long story short, we wind up getting it. It was a blessing. We wind up getting it. Um, we've been there now for like a year and like about to be some change or so like that. Nice. Um and now we're competing with like Urban Outfitters, Pac Sun, mm-hmm. uh, Zoomies, Gap, because they're now reprinting, they're licensing stuff. Sure. So our competition now. Um, as we were talking about, you know, I even dive into it. Um, is like the bigger brands. Like mm-hmm. I'm going against Urban Outfitters, who is literally four steps down from me. Yeah. You know, um, I can't sell um, the Louis Vuitton stuff. Like uh, I had like a dope Louis Vuitton bootleg in my store. Yeah. And because I'm a King of Pressure Mall, there's a Louis Vuitton store upstairs. So I put the bootleg in the front for someone to see it. Guy walks in my store with a suit on. And me and my employer are standing there, and he's like, can I speak to the manager or the owner? And me and my employer look at each other, and I'm like, all right, we're not saying anything. <laughs> and I look, and I see, like, the little Louis Vuitton badge, and I'm like, yeah, I'm the owner. What's up? He's like, yeah, man, you know, um, I don't want to bust your balls or anything, you know, before this gets reported, but you can't sell that. And I'm like, I can't sell what? He's like, yeah, you can't sell Louis Vuitton. We're a flagship store upstairs. You can't sell that here. And I'm like, damn, like, because I'm in such a great mall, I'm limited. It's not even limited. I'm challenged to be different. Like, I can't sell that bootleg Louis Vuitton. I can't sell that bootleg Gucci. I had the Supreme Timberlands. Uh, One of the managers from uh, from Timberland came to my store. Same thing. Hey, we're a flagship store. You can't sell Timberlands here. Hmm. Um, We have a non-compete. You can't sell our product. And being in that mall, what it does is we get different walks of life. But having those big brands around us, it makes me say, okay, how can I stand out amongst the giants? Yeah. You know, especially bringing this concept that's never been bought to a mall before. Like, used sneakers, yeah, you know, you have the consignment shops that's already been there. But used clothes, used sneakers, toys and kites and, you know, games and stuff like that, is it's been a blessing for us to even be there that long because it was a new concept. And Simon, they embraced it. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that that's that's such an amazing challenge, too, that these big brands are looking at you and going like, hey, you can't do this. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's so interesting because them themselves aren't even making those things that you're selling. No, like it's not like you're it's not like it's a second hand store. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's, again, a kind of misunderstanding of what kind of store you are. Like yeah. that's kind of that old thinking of like this the thrift store is a second hand store like yes but it's for a specific audience of people who are interested in the collecting or the wearing of vintage goods you know mm-hmm. it's not just uh, a boutique you know what i mean yep. there are people come in and buy old clothes and stuff like that like that's so interesting to me and to be at king of prussia mm-hmm. the amount of foot traffic that there must be and the amount of people of different walks of life walking yeah. by i mean 
malls in America today are, are on the decline, but if you don't know King of Prussia, it's not. No. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's a very big mall, very popular mall. It's like the only problem we're having at King of Prussia is keeping up with the customer. Yeah. And that's the problem that you want to have. Um, we're getting all different walks of life coming into our store. Like I said, you'll get the five-year-old kid who's into sports cards. Yeah. You'll get the 18 to 21-year guy who's into sneakers that we got. You might get the... 30-year-old guy who's into the wrestling stuff. You might get the 40-year-old guy who's into the NASCAR, the 50-year-old guy who's into this Charlie Brown kite that we got that we're not even trying to sell, but to him it's worth thousands of dollars. Um, It's just so many different – it's truly been a blessing, like I said. It's just so many different walks of life coming inside that store on a daily basis. And it's like for us to come up with this concept, be denied – less than three years ago and now being Simon's biggest retail mall it's like it's it's ultimately crazy when you really think about it and you really break it down that way yeah and I think so when I I went to school uh freshman year at VCU mm-hmm. which is in Richmond Virginia and that's where the original round two store was yep. so I, my dorm room was about like three blocks this way and two blocks this way from the store so mm-hmm. I would go down there a lot of times on Saturdays or days I didn't have anything to do or anything and um Obviously, I kept coming back because it was the only store around that had the stuff that I was interested in. Yeah. Re- regardless of whether I was coming in with money in my pocket or was going to mm-hmm. buy anything, I was just going to go and look there all the time. And I think for a lot of people, whether you're into vintage or there's something else that you're into, finding a store like that that is kind of always having new inventory of stuff you yeah. like that you don't know what it's going to be mm-hmm. is really special. I think have you had any kind of experience with that? Like, have you met customers that you now are like your regulars that come in asking for X, Y, or Z? Yeah. I mean, I met, um, one of my customers that I met, uh, he told me like a really cool story about how he got Dr. J to actually sign a pair of sneakers for him. Damn. That's awesome. Um, he was like, he first met Dr. J and he wanted Dr. J to sign his shoes, but the shoes were dirty. And Dr. <laughs> J's like, I'm not signing those. <laughs> um, and he later on throughout life, you know, He's a working man, you know, he's an older man, he got his money together, he had some clean um, Dr. J sneakers, and he was like, hey, can you sign these? And he's like, yeah, you can sign them. I became so cool with the dude, he was like, and I denied the offer, I just didn't want to take the liability on it. He was like, hey, look, um, I have a glass frame, we can put these in the store. Oh, awesome. And I was like, you know what, no, because this is Philly, it's Dr. J, Someone might go crazy for that, knock it over, try to take it, and I don't want to be held responsible. But for someone to have such an attachment to a legend like that and be able to offer that to me, like, hey, look, I'll put this in your store for you. You know, I'm like, Absolutely. nah. But I met people like that, like um, the gentleman who bought me these, um, Rockefeller, uh, 2005 released Adidas Shell Toes with the um, Rockefeller at the bottom of it. Same thing. Like, this dude has an amazing collection. And he's like, yo, I like what you're doing. He, co- he used to always just come in and just talk. Never bought anything. Yeah. Nothing. Just talk. And, you know, sometimes I'm busy. So it's like, you know, I could be ha- ha- having a customer. And I'm like, oh, just give me one second. I'll help the customer, but I'll get back to that conversation. And I felt like, you know, that whole time he had these. And he's like, I want to give it to this dude. And I met him, and he gave me these. And he also gave me the... um the Rockefeller uh, Pro Cats as well, and he gave me a pair of um, S. Dot Carters. And to meet someone like that who never met before in my life, these are probably near and dear to him, even though he probably has multiple pair, but for him to just say, hey, look, I like what you're doing. Take care of these. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting people like that in King of Pressure Mall has been probably, like, one of the best things. I haven't met, and I say this uh, truthfully, I haven't met not a bad customer yet. All the people that come in there are, like, quality people. Um, they're all – and I tell my employees, when you walk in my store, let's not try to go for the sale. Let's just try to go to build a community within the store. Yeah. And that's why we named it Zooted. And we ultimately named it Zooted because we wanted to stand for a nostalgic high. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into the store, you're hit with, like, oh, my God, yeah. I remember that. I remember I went to that. Um, like, we got this dope Backstreet Boys on T, and all the ladies go crazy for this thing. <laughs> They're like, I remember that Backstreet Boys. I was there. Oh, my God. Like, um, we have a, um, a Crazy Friends poster. Yo, I remember this show. It's like you're getting hit with that um, 
nostalgic high. And because of that, and the way my employees treat the customer, the way they talk to them, we've built a community of some incredible people who are, I don't even call them customers, I call them like family. Because yeah. they're so willing to go to bat for us. And they're literally, if I ever need a help from them, they'll definitely give it to me. Yeah. And that is never going to be getting gotten by like an H&M or, or no. any of these competitors you have. You, Mm-mm. you, you it, it's, it's a complete commercial experience when you enter one of those, one of those spaces. I mean, every single thing about that store is designed to get you to buy X, Y, or Z, yeah. you know, like, and you, and you walk into a store like yours and you're allowed to like kind of go back in time and, and find the stuff you like and figure out what like piques your interest, you know? Mm-hmm. And not to go back to round two again, but they, they had a similar thing there. And, and the best part of it was just talking to people at the store, you know, way before I had this podcast, my version of talking to people who were way interested in this stuff was me going and asking people about like the X-Men t-shirt that was on display. And yep. like, I didn't know anything. Like I still don't know half the shit that my guests know on about vintage, but that's why I love doing this. Cause mm-hmm. I get to talk to people who know a whole lot of, more about this stuff than I do. And yeah. that's always been my interest. I mean, my dad being into this before me and getting me into it, that's, you know, always been my relationship with it. You know what I mean? No, that's mad dope. Yeah. hundred percent. I definitely agree. Like, um, that's why, like I tell all my employees, like, look, yes, we want people to buy. Obviously they got to buy. Right. So we can stay open. Yeah. But Hey, how you doing? That's the greeting. Yeah. It's not what's up. It's Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And you'll be surprised when you ask somebody, how are you doing? how it comes out it's just like oh this person cares like yeah. he cares so when anyone walks in my store and for anybody that wants to open up a vintage store or any type of store you should always tell your employees to say hey how's it going yeah hey how you doing um and i think from us starting that way we've been able to just curate not only dope vintage but a dope customer at family base i think that's store. i think that's what the new i think that's what the future of commercial retail brick and mortar places is going to be because look i can go on amazon and buy whatever else is in that mall or any other places website for without leaving my house you know Mm -hmm. what i mean so i don't need to go to the mall for that stuff but people will still go to stores that they have a human connection with you know what i mean skate shops are not going anywhere no streetwear places are not going anywhere vintage places are not going anywhere any place that kind of instills that type of community Mm -hmm. ain't going anywhere you know what I mean? It's still going to be successful because people still want to go out and meet those people and talk to those people. You yeah, hundred percent. I, mean? I think there's a reason why why vintage for everybody has always done better in retail spaces and in pop ups and live events than it has online. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at the success of like online auctions and during the pandemic, and like that's because people need that human interaction, human talking point, yeah. connective nostalgia with people mm-hmm. to then buy stuff in vintage rather than these other stores where they walk in and, you know, are just grabbing something because they need a new pair of jeans or whatever. Yeah, like, it's like, um, like even, like, Urban Outfitters, right? So, like, they're, like, my rival. Like, <laughs> because they're literally, like, four stores down from me and it's, like, that's my direct competitor. Like, yeah. I, I'm very competitive and it's, like, I compete with them. Like, that's the that's the, the suits. Like, I'm going against those guys. And what I've noticed is, like, I'll tell my employee, like, Yo, I'll be back. I'm walking inside Urban. And they're like, bro, why do you keep going in there? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going in there because I'm like, A, they're curating it. They're, they're, like, putting together some dope licensed pieces. They have the Outkast um, album cover in there now because that blew up on Instagram. They yeah. have... I think they might have a contract with um, Ralph Lauren. Well, obviously they do. They have the old polo bear tees in there now. Okay. And I'm like, yo, they're really doing this. But I'm like, okay, what edge can I beat them at? Sure. Can I beat them in merchandise to a, a regular consumer? No. Because, like, I got, all right, for instance, like, like this Janet tee, right? Mm-hmm. So I got this Janet tee. This is dated 1993. Um, this was from her Madison Square Garden tour. Mm-hmm. So I got this one, right? All right, cool. Now, we know what this is yeah. because we're into vintage, right? Sure. But let's just say 25-year-old person who's not into vintage. They walk in my store and see the tea. It's priced what it should be priced. And then they <laughs> walk into Urban and they see the tea. But it's not. It's priced 20 bucks. Yeah. They're going to beat me there Yeah. each and every time. Yeah. But if you walk in my store, hey, what's up, man? Yo, I like that Janet tee. Yeah, bro, this is from 1993, 1994. This right. was her tour at Madison Square Garden. This was her breakout. Yeah, man, she had all the girls in the gym trying to get their six-packs together. I can communicate the product. So now you'll spend 
the real price on it rather than going to Urban is like, oh, yeah, bro, that's a dope tea. Yeah. So it's like we're able to communicate the product, and that's the only way we're able to survive because when you walk into Urban and you walk into H&M, it's like, oh, hey, I'm looking for uh, a Janet tea. Yeah, we got some Janet teas right over there. Yeah. They can't communicate it. They can't tell you about it. They don't They don't know. And if they do know, how many of the Urbans know? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we can open up 20 Zudits across America, and I can make sure that because I have the knowledge, um, and I'm just not into licensing. I'm actually finding this stuff, and I'm actually researching it, that I can say, hey, all my employees must be knowledgeable of these products, or you can't work here. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, like realistically, because that's the competitive edge. That's why, like myself, the round twos, the generational cools, that's why people go there, because... All right, you like Stone Cold, bro. WWE T, you get a Stone Cold T, 50 bucks on the website. But do you want, yo, this is the WWF. They don't even make this anymore, bro. Like, you know, they got sued or, or you know, the TNT Sports on it, bro. Like, this is 1998. This is 1997. This is when he first came on. These were the generations, the Attitude Era. When I can tell you that, you're like, yo, I remember, I remember. You get the nostalgic high. You get zooted, and yeah. then you buy it. But um, as far as Urban, you just go in there like, all right, yeah, all right, I want that. Let me get it. Yeah. So, that's how we're able to beat them, in a sense. Yeah. How, how do you instill that in your employees? Like, how's what's the hiring process like? I mean, is it a training that happens on site? I mean, because every day you're in the store, you're going to be mm-hmm. learning more regardless. I mean, yeah. you know, you're learning when mm-hmm. new things come in and you're yeah, like, oh, I didn't know about that. 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 Um, so how does that kind of work? Um, With the employees, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I was in the military. So it's kind of like... Okay. I kind of like drill it in them. But not in like a an aggressive sense. It's like, look, you gotta know this. Yeah. Because if you don't know this, I look bad. Yeah. And I don't wanna look bad. Sure. And I don't want you to look bad because it's like I'm communicating something to you. Let's just say we're talking about podcasts, right? And you're coming to buy microphones. You know about these microphones, but I'm like, Yeah, bro, this is a red microphone. Right. And you're like <laughs> That doesn't matter. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. so now Zudit looks bad. Sure. So I tell my employees, Hey, look. You should be able to tell me Jordans from 1 to 14 at least. Yeah. Even if you don't know the name, I can give you that. But le- know the silhouette. Know what it is. When it comes to the tees, okay, you should know single and double. You should know. I mean, obviously, you should know that. Sure. You know, you should be able to communicate, okay, why is this Jenna Jackson tee up there? Ask that question. Just don't work here to pick up a paycheck because if I'm not here, the store needs to go. Yeah. Like, um... And I tell people, it's like, I want to build a vintage brand. Like, not not saying, like, I want to have clothes. I want a vintage brand. So it's like, yo, Zooted, I remember when they first started off. And, like, they're all knowledgeable. So you know you could come in there, you can access a question. And I tell my employees, all of them, look, if you don't know, and I don't know, Google it. Yeah. There's, a, there's sure. literally, we literally have a laptop right there. I'm yeah. like, bro, Google it. Yeah. Hey, uh, what about those taxis? That's up there because we got taxi 12s in our store. What about those taxi 12s up there? And you're like, okay, which one's the taxi? Which one's the taxi? <laughs> taxi 12. Type it in, bro. Type taxi 12. Oh, yeah, oh, we got those in a size 8. I know. We got those in a size 8. Um, what about the black and white ones? What are those called? Black and white 12s. Uh, boom, that's not it. That's not it. That's not it. Okay, those are the masters. Yeah, we got the master 12s in a size 6 and a half, 8, and 11. And we really had those sizes. I just remember it on the top of my head. But it's like, yo, it's like, bro, be attentive to what you're doing because Absolutely. we are trying to take this to a whole nother level. We have the opportunity for other people that want to put vintage into a mall to do it. But if we screw it up in the biggest retail King of Pressure Mall and you go to Simon and say, hey, I want to put a vintage store in there. Oh, no, bro. We had Zuda in here and it was a disaster. No. Yeah. Because they told me no in the beginning. So it's like... Um, with my employees, I really drill it in them. Um, it's hard. It's it's really hard to work for me. Like, I'm not going to act like, yo, no, no, it's hard. Because um, I'm a, a bit of a perfectionist. Um, and, if, like, if you watch The Last Dance, like, Michael Jordan, like, that intensity is like, yo, I want to win. Like, I don't want to be a loser. Um, and that's not even, like, a – I don't – like, it doesn't make you a loser if you if you do or don't have a store. But what I'm saying is, like, I want to be the best at what I do. Mm-hmm. So I need you to want to be the best at what I do. And I tell that, like, hey, look, if you're just looking, and I tell everybody that ever works for me, if you're looking for just a nine to five, this is not the place for you. Um, this is the place where 
you might not be into vintage, you might be into fashion. You might not be into fashion, you might wanna open up your own business. This is the place, this is your incubator for you to become successful in whatever you wanna do. Because I wanna push you to your, not to your limit, but I wanna push you and, and show you what you really can do. And um, the hiring process, it's, I mean, we're always hiring, um, always, but you know, I demand a lot because I really, really love what I do. Like mm -hmm. I can do this, Right now, if I had to leave and go to my store, I would leave, we would leave this interview whenever it's done, and I would go to my store and help a customer if I had to right now because I have that passion. Um, now, are you going to find people that's like that? No one's ever going to be more passionate than you because sure. no one's going to be more passionate than you on your podcast than you are. Um, but if you could find people that have passion in anything and you can say, hey, look, this can help you do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. This can be your starting point. This is exposure. And I tell people all the time, like I had an employee – he worked for me. Um, he wanted to do his own vintage store eventually uh, before he went to college. So I said, well, look, start off working for me. Uh, he worked. Um, he did like an internship, started him off. He did like uh, three months. And I said, look, you're doing good. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to clear this whole side of my store for you. You can have this whole rack. You put all your stuff on here. Whatever you sell, I'll take 10 bucks off of whatever you sell, bro. And I just and I could have you know I could have said yo give me thirty percent or whatever I'm like yo ten bucks whatever you sell I just want ten bucks off of it gave the dude the opportunity his follower count we posted it on our page his followers went up um, his TikTok started doing really good and he was like yo thank you for that um, I think he's away at college right I think he did go away to college now yeah he went away to college or whatever he's doing right now and he he's like yo I appreciate that because you didn't have to do that and I told him I did it because I can I seen that you cared. You were passionate. So for us, the hiring process, it doesn't, I don't care what your credentials are. I don't care. It's like, are you passionate? Yeah. Because passion is what's going to make you one of the best, if not the best. Absolutely. That's a ton of game right there. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's super, it's super remarkable too. the, the amount of like knowledge that will go into ha owning a store like that. And like, cause you need to know about every single piece of inventory, mm -hmm. right? It's not. It's not um, another thing that you, you kind of separates you from H and M is say that H and M that Outcast shirt does sell out. Mm -hmm. H and M calls up the factory and makes more. Yep. You can't do that. No. You can't just call the call the <laughs> call the vintage factory and be like, hey, run them run them shirts again. Yeah. Like, um, and that completely separates you where each piece needs attention. Yeah. The piece after this piece needs attention as well. Yes. To continue to get things moving out of the door and, and to then disseminate that information to the people who work for you so that when you leave the store, people can still be coming in and, and getting through that transaction is mm -hmm. like a lot. It's yeah. a lot of work. But yeah. I but I think it I think within it is so much more power to convince consumers to come in and spend money with you than mm -hmm. H and M has where, you know, companies spend millions of dollars on their brand identity and their brand voice and like that's what ultimately comes through on advertising and comes through mm -hmm. on what people think about brands and you know you look at some of the brands with like the best brand voice like nike and apple and stuff yeah. like that they don't get you by getting you on like bogo sales mm -hmm. you know what i mean do they do them occasionally probably but like that's not how they got you they got you by convincing you of like the athletic achievement associated with their brand or the you know creative uh, ideation that's around Apple mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So for you to have like this, I guess you'd call it like, like uh, nostalgic understanding and and connection with people, mm -hmm. and for them to think about you in that way, it's like okay, I can trust what they're saying to me. I can trust that they're knowledgeable. I can go in and have a conversation with these people at any level of consumer, whether they're super beginner about it yeah. or super expert, they can come in and feel comfortable in the store. Yep. And it's, and again, it starts with that, that initial interaction. They feel, you feel that the employee cares and that they're not just like, you know, looking to get your size so they can fit you for a shoe in the back. Exactly. Like, you know, I think all of that comes together and like really is like a one, two punch with retail that yeah. a lot of stores I go into, I certainly don't feel that way. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like, um, like for instance, like, uh, I'll show this one. Like, all right, so I had this guy, and he was like, he was staring at this thing forever. Um, it's the Jordan, uh, Salem 1991 piece. Um, and this customer came in my store, and he was staring at this tee. And he's like, he's tapping his foot. He's like, yo, I'm afraid to ask how much it is. And I'm like, well, it's from 1991. You know, it's Jordan, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, this is like the greatest basketball player. I don't care what anybody says. 
he took basketball he took basketball to another level because of the markability of him mm-hmm. like this is when you think of Jordan you think of greatness he's a, like Tom Brady you think greatness whether you like him or not yeah. you think greatness when you think of NASCAR you say Dale Earnhardt uh, senior you're like okay greatness uh golf Tiger Woods mm-hmm. greatness uh, uh tennis Serena Williams greatness so his name is solidified with greatness so I'm like yeah it's from 1991 he's like that's 1991 bro He's like, it's like, what, $2,000 or something? I'm like, nah, not even. He's like, really? And I'm like, maybe I shouldn't make it that price. <laughs> you know, like, maybe I shouldn't make it Tomorrow that Tomorrow will be. Yeah, but but it's like, um, when I said, yeah, it's Jordan 1991, you know, um, I said, uh, uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the first year he won his first uh, championship, if I'm wrong? I said, I might be wrong on that. And he's like, oh, man. He's thinking like, oh, is it? Man. It's like, yeah, Salem. I said, I think Magic Johnson has one, too, and Larry Bird. And he's like, wow, man. So this is really original stuff. Like, <laughs> now he's into it. He's yeah. like, man, this is really original stuff. Yeah. He didn't get this one, obviously. But he went and he just bought something um, simply because he's like, this guy knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I can trust him. He's like, yo, man, um, I got some um, some old tees out of my house. Can you tell me if they're worth anything? Came in the next week. He started bringing us, like, a bunch of tees or whatever the case may be. He bought us a lot of NASCAR stuff. Um in good condition it wasn't even dry rot thank god it wasn't and i'm like oh yeah this is worth probably like 20 bucks whatever you know whatever this one the third breaking it down for him he's like you know what man you can take like these 10 i'm just gonna keep these 10 i'm like all right how much you want for it? he's like nah man keep them i'm like oh, look and it's like those h&ms those pack suns those uh forever 21s they can't get that because they're not going i worked at macy's from like I was a women's shoe manager at Macy's, bro. Like, uh, this was like when I was like, uh, how old was I? Uh, I'm 30 now, right? So, I might have been like mm, 19 or 20 or something like that. And I and I started working at Macy's when I was like 16 or 17 because they paid every week and I liked it. Um, and I learned like Macy teaches you. And they're the granddaddy of them all. I don't care what anybody says. Every employee guideline is based off of Macy's. Um, they teach you who the customer is. They have shelving. Like, the average woman, I think at the time, was like 5'1 or something like that. So they keep the shelving this height. The average man is 5'8". I think at that time it was like five eight, so they stack it this tall. They put Sean John at the time in a certain position, and they turned it on a certain angle. The IKEA method, like um, we're gonna make you walk in a maze so you can impulse buy, like all that stuff I've studied. But what I've learned from Macy's, it was you have to know who the Macy's customer is. You're not looking for every customer. You're looking for the Macy customer, and that's another thing I tell my employees. I don't get mad if like. Someone walks in and they don't buy anything. I don't get mad. But when the Zudic customer walks in and doesn't buy, I get like, yo, what's going on, bro? Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, that's our customer, and we curate to our customer. And um, the thing with these bigger brands, they don't have a customer. They don't. They're like, whoever wants to spend money, yeah. that's our customer. So that's, again, that's one thing that's set- separating, like, the Zudits, the Round Twos, the Generational Cools, um, the urban necessities, the clientels of the world. Um, that's what's separating us from everybody else is because when you walk inside of our stores, we're going for the customer. We're not going for the consumer. We're going, and it's like, it's the customer. It's the Zudic customer. And it's not just, oh, this is just a person that's going to spend some money, so let's, let's get them. Can you describe the Zudic customer for me? Um, to me, the Zudic customer is someone who's into like, they're into what they're into, if that makes sense. So when you walk into my store, um, we sell uh, sports cards. We sell jerseys. We sell, like, dope old-school flannels. Um, we sell button-ups. We sell jeans. We sell cargos, hats, posters, sneakers. So, for instance, let's say we got some Donda merch in here. Mm-hmm. If a guy walks in my store, and it's getting me, he didn't even think about it. If a guy <laughs> walks in my store with... Uh, Ye must be born again hoodie on, uh, black cargos. He got some Yeezy 350s on. Um, uh, he has the look, and he doesn't buy something in that Kanye West, Travis Scott, ASAP Rocky category that we curated in my store. Yeah. I'm like, okay, what's going on? How, why didn't we communicate the product to him? Yeah. So now, if a person walks in, he has on um, 
let's say he got he has on a Bulls uh, 1996 snapback, and he's wearing Jordan ones, and he has like a pair of uh, Jordan shorts on. And we got like a bunch of Bulls and like Jordan Nike stuff. I'm like, he doesn't buy anything. I'm like, okay, why isn't this product communicating to him? Is the pricing too high? Let's bring it down. Is the pricing too low? Mm -hmm. Like, what's going on? So the customer for me is, what do I have in my store? I might have a um, a guy who has a Pokemon shirt on. He walks over by my sports card and he's just looking at it, and he's looking at the Pokemon cards. He's like, hmm. I'm like, bro, we don't have good Pokemon cards. <laughs> like, because it's like. I'm trying to communicate the product to the people who are passionate about what they're passionate about because I'm passionate about Zooted. Yeah. So if you're passionate about Pokemon and I got Pokemon cards and you can't at least pick one of them, I'm offended. Like, bro, like what? You don't like yeah. not one. You don't even ask a question. Like maybe my pricing is too high. I'll take that loss. But if I can't even get you on like to ask me a question, like, uh, like this guy came in one time. <laughs> I never forget it. Yeah, this dude came in. And he's like, uh, he's looking. He had uh, this Kobe jersey on. He's looking. And we had uh, this I Feel Like Kobe uh, thing. We had a Kobe jersey. We had the Kobe uh, Bucks, Kobe 8 Bucks. We had those on. We had those on the um, sneaker wall. And he walks in and he's looking. He's like, all right. He turns out and I'm like, bro, what just happened? Like, he didn't like nothing, like all this Kobe stuff. He didn't like, and he had a Kobe tattoo, actually. Yes. He had a Kobe tattoo. So I'm like, yo, he didn't like any of this Kobe stuff. I'm like, yo, what's going on? So I start, I do my research. I went on eBay. How much are the Kobe jerseys going for? They're like 400 bucks. Mine's is only like 200 bucks. Okay, well, it is you. So let me put that at 100. Let me mark that down. Like, okay, maybe he's like, maybe I'm trying to see what's the issue here. Um, so I look. I say, okay, what are the Kobe bucks going for? Okay, we're we're well priced at that. Um, kid you not. Maybe two weeks later, the guy comes back. We sold the Kobe Bucks. We sold them. The guy comes back. He's like, oh, man, you sold the Kobe Bucks? I'm like, yeah. And I told him, like, bro, you had me nervous. Like, you didn't like anything we had in the <laughs> store, bro. So I started, like, curating. And he was like, nah, bro. Like, um, I just didn't want to ask. I didn't have the money at the time. But, like, that's the Zooted customer. The Zooted customer is when I see you're into something, I'm like, okay. Like, for instance, like, let's say you came in my store. Like, I know you. So, like, let's say I see you come in my store. I'm like, okay, like, I need to get something, like, he might like. Like, maybe I'll get, like, a Beavis and Butthead. Like, um, they have this tea where, like, they're sitting in front of two microphones talking. Like, I'm going to try to curate to your, what you're passionate about. Yeah. I want to take you on that nostalgic high. Like, that's literally what I want to do. So, um, the Zooted customer is just someone who's passionate about what they're passionate about. And how can I attack that? That's so refreshing. That's so refreshing as a as a to hear a retail store owner say something like that because mm -hmm. I never feel that way when I walk in stores. Like I feel like almost every store I walk in is like not made for me. And oh I, yeah. And I come in almost mad and not wanting to spend money, mm -hmm. and I just buy the thing that I need to get and I get out. Like, yeah. Like there's so many stores like that. I mean, like every every clothing store I can think of is like that. Other than like the couple skate shops in Philly that I like and the mm -hmm. couple. Sh streetwear places and the people who i know online who's i'd much rather buy for because i see mm -hmm. the passion i see the daily activity i see all that stuff and i love it um so yeah to, just to hear that you're even just thinking that much about the consumer like yeah like big stores are too but they're they're thinking about this consumer on like a spreadsheet mm -hmm. you know they're just looking at trends on a graph and to see that you have somebody come in and you're like man why didn't the zooted why didn't the zooted store work for this guy yeah why didn't it work for him yet and i think that's that's super, super important. What you're yeah, doing. bro. Like I'm like, um, I'm very competitive and not like competing against anyone else. I'm competing against myself. I'm like, why am I missing? Like, mm -hmm. like even in the military, like uh, one time I shot 38 out of 40 and I'm like, bro, I missed two. Like I was so mad. Like I'm like, yo, I missed two, like just two, bro. Like just two, like that's ridiculous. Like I'm very competitive because, um, what I've learned is the most successful people that you'll ever come across. They're not really competing against anyone else. They're really competing against themselves. And for me to have a customer, now don't get me wrong, I might have someone who's just coming in just to like peek around, like, oh, this is cool, whatever the case may be. Eh, if I don't get you to buy anything, I don't get you to buy anything. But if somebody's coming in my store with like dunks on it, I got 50 dunks on my sneaker wall, and you don't right. even ask, hey, do you have this in my size? I'm pretty upset because I'm like, okay, what I'm doing is not working. Like this is not correct, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fix it right then and there, or try to. And the bigger brands, they they just don't care. Like I'm gonna be 100 percent honest with you, they don't care. They care about who's gonna spend the dollar. Mm -hmm. They don't care about 
curating for anything. Like, right now, okay, Urban, they're really into, and I'm not trying to bust Urban's balls or anything. It's just they're Urban, and they're my rival right now. So <laughs> um, Urban, like, they're curating, hey, Vintage is hot right now. Let's yeah. let's go for that. So let's say, um, which I don't think it ever will, but, you know, let's just say Vintage dies out in five years, whatever, right? They're going to say, okay, well, uh, let's say, uh, I don't know, um, Let's just say jumpers. Even though that's vintage. Let's say jumpers are really hot. They're gonna start bleaching jumpers. They're gonna start putting patches on jumpers. They're carrying their their customer is the trend. Mm-hmm. And for Zooted, we're setting the trend. We're yeah. like, okay, you like um sports? How many dope sport tees can I get for you? So yeah. I know, okay, what do most people buy? Okay, so people are into sports. What kind of sports? They're into NASCAR. They're into wrestling. They're into basketball. They're into football. They're into high. They're into hockey. They're into soccer. Okay, is somebody really gonna want? And this is not a knock or anything. Like, okay, if I get a Serena Williams jersey, am I am I gonna sell that? It's gonna be harder for me to sell that. But if I get a Rangers um, jersey, and it could be anybody, I'm a Rangers fan. Let me get it. Mm-hmm. If I get an Eagles jersey. It could be anybody on the Eagles. Oh, let me get that. So it's like. What I try to focus on is the fanatic. If yeah. I can put it in anything like, who's the fanatic Pokemon lover? Who's the fanatic uh, Michael Jordan lover? Michael Jackson? Like, like um, this lady, she came to my store. She loves Michael Jackson. So she came to my store. It's like, oh, my God, Michael. Like, she, like, almost had a heart attack. And, like, she almost passed out when I showed her the back of this piece right here. Open it up. Because um, it's, like, it's all the phases of Michael Jackson, mainly, um, if you look at it, right? That's really and then on the back, with the glitter, Ooh. yeah, with the glitter glove, when she's seen that, she's like, oh, my God. She's like, how much? I'm like, I would never sell this. I just would never sell it. I don't. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's actually glittering. Like, you can yeah, see it. Um, you know, so it's like, like, how you did that? Ooh, like, how you did that? <laughs> like, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for, like, I want you to get that, um, take that nostalgic high. Take that ride and take that journey. That's what we're going for. And you just don't get that with those other brands. Like, even when I worked at Macy's, like I said, I worked there from when I was, I want to say 16. From when I was 16 to when I was about, like, 20, 21. Um, and I worked on the sales floor. I worked in receiving. I feel like God was just, like, teaching me. I worked in sales floor receiving. I worked in women's shoes, bro. I was the manager of women's shoes, which is crazy. Um, and that's how I started learning how like how to, like, backdoor and how to resell. Because mm-hmm. uh, women... They would put money down to get like Steve, like Steve Madden was really popular. Right. So they would put money down like, hey, these are coming out. I'm a size six. Here's twenty bucks. Put them to the side for me. And I'm like, all right, I don't care. It's whatever. We got like thirty of these things. I don't care. Whatever. I got you. Yeah. And I'll put it right to the side and I'll get that little cash. And I'm like, oh, people are into this thing. So I was reselling women's shoes at one point. Um, but what I learned is, and I learned it from the vendors like Steve Madden. Um. What's another popular um, women's shoe? Lord Jesus. Uh, and I don't have a shoe fetish, so. <laughs> but, um, like, uh, Steve Madden's, um, uh, it's another popular women's shoe. I forget the name of it, man. I haven't done it in so long. But, like, uh, oh, uh, Michael Kors, like, uh, okay. the women little bags and stuff like that. Macy's doesn't put that on the floor. They're the only, Ralph Lauren, Macy's doesn't put that on the floor. We don't touch that stuff. As a Macy's employee, you do not touch that. You separate it, and their vendors come and put that on the floor because they're the only brands that are trying to communicate that product. They're focused on it. Like, um, like Sean John, you put that on the floor. Izod, you put that stuff on the floor. Um, uh, what else? Like Nike stuff, you put that on the floor. But um, Tommy, Ralph Lauren, um, I want to say, um, I think it's DKNY, Michael Kors, you do not touch that stuff. And they put it in a certain way. And one day I asked, I'm like, why do you guys only do your product? And the lady told me, she's like, it's all just marketing. They want it to be shown a certain way. They turn the shoe to a certain angle so it looks a certain way. Um, and I'm like, man, like, it started to blow my mind. Like, okay, Macy's as a whole, do they really care? No, they care about the Macy's customer. They don't care about the regular person who's coming in there. They want you to sign up, uh, get the... Uh, I don't know what it's called anymore, but I guess Macy Star Rewards or whatever. So I don't know what it's called, but Mm. they want you to get that. They want to make you a member. They want you to be a part of that, like Bloomingdale's and all those big companies. So I just said, all right, well, if I can take this 
idea and I can make you a, a zooted customer, I can get you to get that nostalgic high, yeah, you're going to come back and you're going to keep coming back and you're going to keep coming back and you're going to keep coming back because I can sell you a t-shirt um, once and it might be the hottest t-shirt you ever, it might be your grill, but if I don't communicate it to you, you're, gonna, you're never going to come back. Yeah. But if I can communicate that t-shirt to you and why and tell you why you like it, you'll keep coming back. Yeah. Cuz that's the difficulty. I mean, you're not you're not a producer in that way, so they they can't they can't expect a certain expectation because of how much different stuff you have. Mm-hmm. So they come in, they get the thing they want. They're like it's like when you hit a thrift store and you're like yep. you hit a thrift store, you got it. And it's like, "Well, I'm not going to come back here 5 hours from now cuz it's going to be the same stuff." Exactly. But if you communicate to them on like a thrift store can and mm-hmm. say like, "Yeah, but we got this, this and this too and and I know the thing you like and we can be, you know, friends in in liking that thing and come back and get this," then like then they'll be like, "All right, well, let me just stop back in. Like I'm only, exactly. a, I'm only a mile down the road. Let me mm-hmm. come back in real quick, check it out." 100%. To go back to that that Michael Jordan shirt for a while, for a little second. That is exactly what I'm talking about when I say like inspiration from vintage like i i throw that around a lot because i make a lot of t-shirt designs a lot of stuff like that yeah that's using printing in a way that's so effective like that isn't like like the michael jackson glove is an iconic thing exactly to put that on the shirt and make it look that way that it the same way it appears in real life that's why this is so special and has Mm -hmm. lasted this long like there are a lot of other michael jackson tees and there are they are cool too but like that is crazy that is like I don't know if this was a another poster as well, maybe not just a screen print, but whoever thought to put metallic uh, flecks of paint on there mm-hmm. to get it to pop like that is like exactly what you need. Yeah, I was like, when I seen it, I forgot how I got this. I forgot how I got this. I might have got this on an Insta- on a live on somebody's live for like uh-huh. twenty bucks. <laughs> I kid you not, because you know sometimes, and but it goes back to what we're saying. They don't care. Yeah. They're like, oh, whatever, it's a Michael Jackson team. To me, it's like, yo, this is Michael Jackson. This is every <laughs> phase of Michael Jackson. And I didn't even see the back. Yeah. So when I got it, I'm like, I got it backwards. I'm like, this dude sold me the wrong tee, bro. What what the hell? And I flipped it. I said, wait, well, hold Oh, this is the back and this is the front? Oh, I'm never selling this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I've came close to selling it a couple times. Then I was just like, nah, nah. I don't think I'm ever going to find this one. Like I, got, like, I told you about it. I just didn't bring it because I showed it so many times. I have this, um, it's like this bedazzled out Tupac. And it's like, whoever made that, and this has all the distressing around the collar, um, like this crazy fade on it. The blunt has a, um, a bedazzles on it. The the chain, the death row chain has bedazzles on it. The hat has bedazzles on it. And I actually send it to, um, I'm very cool with him, uh, Suge Knight Jr., uh, Shook Knight's son. I'm very cool with him. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a picture. He was like, bro, that's insane. Yeah. He's like, are you selling it? I'm like, um, I don't know yet. I told him, I said, I don't know, I said, I don't know yet. Like, because it's like, pieces like that, when you own the store, you're like, bro, like, um, I, ho- I heard Sean talk about it, like him and Adam, when they curate, it's like, you get certain pieces and it's just like, um, okay, where do I price this? You know, like, and we were, t- we were having this conversation. It's like, Pricing with vintage is crazy. Yeah. There's no vintage X. You know, somebody might come up with it one day. It's going to be very hard. Yeah. Um, but somebody might be working on it right now. Um, but where do you price certain things? Like, to me, let's just say, like, I don't know where to price that. But I know it's not 100 bucks. you yeah. know. Um, there are certain T-shirts that's out there that's like, it's up there. We'll put it like that. And I'm like, there's no way. Like, But then I also have to say, okay. For that lover of that, I can see why. Maybe like, okay, like if you love Michael Jackson, let's say I say that T-shirt's a thousand dollars. I'm not saying that it is, but let's just say I say that T-shirt's a thousand dollars. For a Michael Jackson lover, okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. For a person who's just like a thousand dollars for a T-shirt with glitter on the back, bro, like no, like that's a nice used car. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not paying that. Um, a Travis Scott dunk, right? Like. I had a lady come in my store. We had we had the Travis Scott um, Nike SB Dunks, right? So she's like, "Why is this shoe sixteen hundred? And I'm like, "She had a Louis Vuitton bag on," and I'm like, um, "I was actually training a, a, a um, employee of mine most recently. This probably had to be like at least four days ago." She's like, "Why is that sneaker like so much? Like I don't understand it." I said, "Okay, you have a real Louis Vuitton bag." She literally had one on. I'm like, 
how much does that go for? A lot. You don't have to tell me the price. I said, take that concept of you buying your Louis and apply that to the sneaker. And she's like, okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I'm like, yeah, like how you collect your Louis Vuittons and let's say you, you might hit a hard time one day and you have to sell them. Same thing with this Travis. He can scrape these Travises up. Mm-hmm. He still can at least get 600 off from them at worst. Mm-hmm. You know, and she's like, oh, okay. I'm like, and so the son, he's like, yeah, mom, like, I'm, I've been trying to tell you, like, I'm I'm reselling. Like, I can literally, and he had a pair of um, UNC off-white ones on his feet, the uh, the um, Carolina, the blues. Mm-hmm. Had them on his feet. And he's like, yeah, ma, I've been telling you, like, I can wear these and mess them up. They're legit, and I can resell them. And she's like, is that true? I'm like, well, yeah, we sell you sneakers in here. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. And I was like, and if you ever want to sell them, bro, just bring them <laughs> here. Bring them back. Yeah, bro. bring them back. But, you know, it's like. Um, we're able to communicate that. And um, anybody, like, even that's watching this, like, if you want to have a store, anything in success, it, you got to be able to communicate. Yeah. Communication is key with everything, relationships, um, business. But communicating the product, that's when you win. When you can communicate that product, like, um, the dopest communication of product I've ever seen, and I actually went to the store physically and seen it. Uh, this was two days after he opened uh, Rest His Soul was Nipsey Hussle. I went to a store two days after he opened. I went out there, and you were able. It was the first ever smart store, first ever smart store. You were able to scan a shirt, and the inspiration of the shirt, the video popped up, bro. Dude. <laughs> so, like, you could scan. Like, imagine you could scan this. And I'm giving someone a million-dollar idea, a billion-dollar. You could scan this, and, like, Michael Jackson videos pop up. Yeah. yeah. So you go in Nipsey's store, and you scan it, and, like, um, Victory Lap, uh, the intro song. That was his inspiration behind this T-shirt. Like, that was insane to me. And I'm like, yo, communication of product is very, very key. It's important, man. He was... He was... Ahead of his time. So ahead of his time. And, like, like, not even really getting the, like, eyeballs for it. Like, he he didn't get as much attention as he deserved. Until he passed away. Until he passed away. And Mm -hmm. that's that's horrible. And, like, yeah, he's got... I mean, there's a bunch of stories about his, like, marketing ideas and stuff. He had a crazy brain for marketing. The $100 CD. Um, It's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. stories. It's... It... it, Not only does it have... Do you know the beginning of the story? Yes. Um, So, uh, Karen Silva um, spoke about it before, and I remember hearing about it how he read a book i forget the name of the book uh-huh and i think it was like a cheesesteak or something like so, that. so so i think it's barclay's mm-hmm. uh steakhouse in the city okay he went there with um i'm not sure if it was it was with a, a bunch of other really famous people but mm-hmm. he went there and they have a hundred dollar cheesesteak it's like um it's like wagyu beef like truffle oil top it's like this f- fancy whiz that they make and put on top of it but he got the idea he was like Hey, if they can sell this cheesesteak that's worth seven dollars somewhere else for a hundred dollars, yeah. then I can sell my album for a hundred or a thousand. Was a thousand dollars each? A hundred dollars each. A hundred dollars each. Mm-hmm. If I sell a thousand of these, that's a million dollars. Yeah, and Jay Z bought like ten of them. Yeah, Jay Z. <laughs> I think Jay Z might have been at dinner with him and been like, "Yo, that's a crazy idea," and he was yeah. just like, "Give me 10. Yeah, <laughs> Jay Z bought ten of them, man. It's, yeah, like Nipsey Hussle, like he's he's ahead of his time, man. That's one of the people that I draw a lot of inspiration from. Um, when it comes to communicating product, like mm-hmm. that is so, so, so important. And that's the only thing I tell anybody, like that's the only thing that's going to separate you and make you successful and make people want to come back because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to mess up. You're not going to ship somebody stuff in time. Sure. Yeah. Um, you might tell them the wrong side and DM, you might say, yo, it's a 10 and you didn't look in the back and it's a 10 and a half or, you know, anything might happen. You might not, you might uh, miss a little smoke stain on it or something like it. Things mm-hmm. happen. But when you catch it and you communicate it, it always works out in your favor. When you talk and you speak up, the squeaky wheel will always get the grease, especially with product. If you can communicate that product and talk about it. Um, I was watching this thing on YouTube, and it was the sneaker store, and they were blindfolding customers, and they were like, yo, what sneaker is this? <laughs> and people were getting it right. What? <laughs> yeah, like, like they were like, um, it's a Jordan 5. And they're like, which Damn. one? And the dude's like, Oh, Bel Air, it's Bel Air, Bel Air Five OGs. And he's like, yes, you're right. Like, or it's like, what is this? It's a Jordan. It's a Jordan Six. Oh, um, which ones? Oh, uh, uh, they're Carmines. Nope, wrong. Um, he's like, yo, you didn't tell about the suede. He's like, oh man, yo, these are Gatorades, bro. Like, it's like I don't know what Jordan did. Like when Jordan did that um, Gatorade box, bro. Yeah. 
the communication of that, like with the marketing, because marketing, I don't think people, I think people underestimate marketing. Marketing is very important. Yeah. Because you could have the hottest thing smoking, um, but if nobody knows about it, who cares? Yeah. It's like rappers. You know, you got rappers that's better than some of the hottest rappers out right now, but nobody knows you. Mm. And I tell people that all the time, like, bro, nobody knows you. You can tell me, yo, can you post this? I can post it. I mean, I got, what, 19,000 on one and 10,000 on the other. All right, so that's 29,000 people, bro. That ain't going to get it. Like, you got to go and pay for those ads and all that stuff. That's what's going to get it for you. Mm. Um, invest into your marketing because that's communication of your product. Mm -hmm. And then you invest in educating yourself on the product so you can communicate your product. Yeah. And that's the, that's the really formula of success, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I've met quite a few people in my life who were the the most unsuccessful people that I've met in my life who who have businesses and are and are you know okay, mm -hmm. but I can see that their business has a lot of strife and there's a lot of stress and stuff in it. It's because they're not able to communicate well with yeah. their employer, with their employees, with their audience, with their customers. Like you can tell that there's just a lot of friction there. You know, like, yeah. they might be talented at what they do, like their actual vocation, they're pretty good at. But, like, the communication of it and, mm -hmm. like, the, you know, working back and forth with people is just not there. So, I don't want to wrap up yet because I, I know you got a couple other pieces that you want to talk about. Yeah. Do you want to tell us about these two? And uh, Okay, so um, I kind of touched on it. So, I got these from a really cool person. Um, these are the 2005 um, Rockefeller Records Adidas. Mm -hmm. um, now, the funny story about this, and when you can tell there was some type of um, turmoil going on here, the bottom of it, it says Rockefeller Records, right? This is 2005. These pro kids, Dame Dash actually uh, wind up getting the licensing rights, or he bought the brand. Don't quote me on that one. Um, from pro kids, this is 2004. These came out literally right after these. Um, but they, they own pro kids. Um, and to tie into that, uh, I'll wrap it up real quick. I bought this one because it's a funny story about this guy. Diamond Dallas Page. Mm -hmm. Right? He wind up suing Jay-Z for using the um, Dynasty sign, the Diamond Cutter sign. It never went to court, um, but Jay-Z wound up paying him a good amount for this. People say it's a rumor, but it actually happened. Um he actually did because there was nothing to stand on. There was no um, way that Jay-Z could prove that uh, DDP didn't come up with the concept. Uh -huh. And there was no way for um, – it. basically DDP had it like, look, I did it first. Yeah. And you copied it. I'm an entertainer. I'm well-known. You copied it. So he wound up getting sued for that, and Jay-Z paid him a, a, a lump sum amount just for doing this. Yeah. You know, it, and it's, it's just so funny because it's like – DDP knew, like, yo, man, I came up with that, bro. Like, forget that. Let me shoot my shot. And who really wants to go to court? You know, right. You, you got money. You're like, yo, bro, whatever. Here, take the take the bread and go with it. But um, I wound up getting uh, the sneakers for, from, um, a, like I said, a customer who always came in the store. He always communicated with me. He was mad cool. Um, and he was like, yo, here. Um, and I'm a huge Jay-Z fan at that. And you said they uh, Rockefeller pretty much ran the ran the uh, brand lineup from from the Keds to the Adidas to Nike. Yeah, so Rockefeller, they have I don't don't quote me on the order, but Pro Keds, Reebok. Uh, no Pro I want to say Pro Keds, Adidas, Reebok, um, Air Force Ones. <laughs> And now they have Puma. So they've kind of, like, done it all, man. Yeah, um, that's really cool. And they've been successful in every last one of them. And that just speaks to, like, I was having this conversation with one of my friends. We were talking about, like, uh, drinking. I was like, people don't buy Ace of Spade because the, the taste. They buy it because who's it associated with. Yeah. Um, and they've managed to do their thing. And that emblem uh, is profound, mm. you know? Yeah speaks volumes for sure 100 percent. well this has been amazing thank you for having me this is an awesome way to, to kick off uh season two um yeah so thank you for being on you're welcome back anytime of course anytime you got a new pile of stuff to bring on we're yes, happy yes, to yes. have you um so everybody watching out there thanks for watching um we'll be back next week uh, i don't want to give away our guests just in case um 
just in case we got to change the date of our live up a little bit. But make sure to like, comment, and ring that bell to get <laughs> notifications about when we go live next. Um, yeah, that's it, everybody. Uh, this weekend, speaking of uh, cheesesteaks, like we said earlier, we got two more episodes of Stake Your Claim. That's our cheesesteak review show coming out this weekend. Check that out. Uh, should be fun. We're going to gyms and Campos Deli. So uh, check back on Saturday and Sunday for that. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. See you next time. Bye-bye.